himself called him. Called pizza. Listen, never do Excellent. a podcast with Emma because you get cold tea. <laughs> I made her tea and she didn't drink it, so it's her own fucking problem. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Murder Most Irish. Do you know what I noticed what? in the last two we've said the podcast name? One time. Okay, Murder Most, Murder Most Irish. Irish. <laughs> because we have not mentioned uh, what this podcast is. But it is. Well, Murder welcome to the Murder Most Irish podcast, soon to be called Murder She Podcasts. <laughs> Soon to be called murder, 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 and then when we have no more Irish murders to yeah. do, we're gonna call it Irish. We're gonna no, time murder most international then. Murder most international. We could do like every couple of episodes or something. We could do like an international episode. We're just we fucking winging about, it, people. We're, we're, we're making this up as we go along. No, no idea what completely. We're doing. On that note, I want to do a disclaimer. You can delete this if you want to delete mm-hmm. this. You don't have to keep this in. Uh, I just wanted to say that the reason Sarah Jane and I started to do this podcast is because we've been talking about doing something together for years. And we're always like, let's do it. And then we sit on our couch and drink tea and eat chocolate. Yeah, and no, we don't do anything. watch 30 Rock and don't do anything. So this is like an outlet for us as well. I think it's something kind of like, it's something to do. And I think it's fun and we enjoy it. In saying that, neither of us are like, you know, college professors. We're getting this, like anything we're saying is true. It's factual. We're getting this information from, you know, factual sources. We're getting it from journalists. We're getting it from, you know. None of mine last week was. I made the whole thing up. <laughs> she didn't. This I is what I'm getting to. Did. This is what I'm getting to. Um, you know, we're not saying we're infallible or that we can't make mistakes. We probably will make mistakes. So it'll piss people off. But we wanted this, this to sound like how we, when we have a chat. Yeah, That's, this is not, you know, a fuck. I'm not reading a dossier and just not looking for any narrative response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the shit we say outside of the story is just completely off the cuff and by the fly. So if we offend or we make a mistake, send us a fucking email. Our email is murdermostirishpodcast at gmail.com. That's it. Or you can follow us on Instagram and you can send us some messages there which both of us will ignore. We'll ignore and delete. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to say like that we, you know, we're just, we're not, as I said, this is, we're not making this shit up. We're getting it from actual sources. We're not trying to throw anybody under a bus. The bus, not a bus. Um, I wonder if there's any murders where someone got thrown under a bus. Probably is, I'd say in town. Oh, there's that guy in uh, England who, the Irish guy, who turned well, out... Wasn't was a train guy? Was he yeah, thrown under a train? I know this girl who got, who got hit by a bus because she dropped a double-decker bar. Oh my God, that's <laughs> absolutely relatable and probably something I would do. And she was so embarrassed that she just picked up the bar and walked away. <laughs> I was in town one day actually and I saw a girl, she didn't get hit, but this, like when I say centimetres. Fuck, you saved my life in Vienna. I did save your life in Vienna. I nearly got hit by a fucking bus. Yeah, Sarah's the story of your life, right? In Vienna. <laughs> but here, here's the thing, Sarah's got super bad hearing. Yes. Mm. I can't, t- I didn't hear the bus and I was looking the other but you survived it's okay yeah I'm absolutely 110% (laughs) saved my life how was your week? it was shite I was in work that was it like literally I did nothing else no nothing nothing I'm trying to think did I do anything no I literally have done nothing all week I've been watching stuff on Netflix and that's it I've had the most boring week I'm getting my period so I'm fucking pissed off (laughs) I yeah listen we can all relate the PMS is killing me It's, it's whopper yeah but other than that, no. Her house is lovely and clean, but because she's got PMS. <laughs> Literally scrubbing surfaces. And because, because Colin's not here. <laughs> Colin, ignore it. Colin, don't take this out. <laughs> this house is lovely and clean because you're not here. Keep it that way. Yeah. Keep it that way. How was your week? Uh, my week's been a mishmash of like 
really good things and really shitty things. I mean, I think for me, because I've got like a five-year-old, excuse me, the beginning of the week when we were announced that, you know, some of the restrictions had been lifted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really exciting to be able to like bring her to the beach. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. See some friends or any of those things. It was really exciting to go out and see friends. But then it just kind of like, you can go out, but you can go for a walk. Can't go to a shop. Can't bring her to soft play of her rains. I know, so you're yeah. kind of still stuck in the house with you're her. You're still kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then actually we went to see her uh, cousin who she's like really attached with to. And they got really upset when they couldn't, when they had to leave because Aww. they haven't seen each other in like three months. And they love each other so yeah. much. Um, and it was really sweet, but also kind of hard. Um, yeah, it is. It's shit. Like, it's positive, but then the other side of it is it's been like, you're given an inch, but you can't take the mile. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, and everything is still, like, people are, uh, like, are so afraid to offend people about, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, do yeah, you yeah. want to meet up, but I, it's okay, it's I don't okay want to offend you. Yeah, 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 and yeah. that kind of thing. And you're afraid, if you've got kids, you're afraid to text someone to be like, do you want to meet them? Because you're not sure if That's they're it, yeah. doing that. Um, and then, like, the virus is still there. Like, you know, That's people are... And people the are media, so But the media is just, like, pretty much... They've dropped Stopped it. reporting yeah, on it. Yeah, they've dropped they're it completely. Just, and, like, listen, they're reporting on, like, the riots and everything that's happening in America, and it rightly does. so, but the other stuff has just gone away and yeah. people seem to have forgotten It's almost people it. are like, that's not happening now, and we're okay. Yeah, and that, that is kind of what yeah. it is. People are like, well, we can go to pennies, so the virus Apparently, is gone. pennies restrictions are going to be, like, insane. Saying oh, to the really? point. Yeah, I'm not going fuck it. Listen, I love pennies to the next person, but like it's gonna be mental. The restrictions are literally like for sale Connell Street store, which is like huge, they're only allowing like four people in at a time. What? So people are going to be queuing for hours. Because when I go into pennies, I walk around for like an hour. I'm like, oh. You do. Because I don't, and most of the time I'm like, I buy two things, but I just walk around because it's one of those stores, it's, there's so much crap in it that you just walk when around. When I go into Penny's, I'm in there for like 25 minutes yeah. and I spend 600 euro. And you get, I love that thing when you get to the till and I can see your face when she tells you the price and you're like, what? Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, I always, when I go with you, I always go, you got, you didn't, you didn't spend any money. <laughs> like, we I'll spend here. like 20 quid and you've got like 87 euro in your yeah, basket. Yeah. Oh shit that I won't wear. Because nothing in pennies fits me correctly. But also, it's usually stuff for Lily. Yeah. The moral of this podcast is don't have kids. No, it's bollocks. Fuck them kids. It's a load of bollocks. <laughs> don't do it. Do yourself a favour. Get a fucking dog. Get a dog. I, get a cat. Listen, that's really mean. When I was trying to have Lily, on the pill. I had a doctor that said to me, because I couldn't get pregnant um, by myself, and I had a doctor that said, oh, is the dog not good enough anymore after a year and a half of trying is for... Is he dead? Trying for a baby. You'd know it was a... I didn't say it was male, but you got there. Is he dead? <laughs> no. Oh, that's a pity. Um, not... Yeah, no, he's still there. Um, and yeah, that's what he said to me. Uh, so the other moral of the story is men are trash. Well... Don't have a baby. I don't believe that all men are trash. <laughs> See, that's where we differ. <laughs> like, a large percentage of them... I think they're, you know, I'm not going to get into it because I'll end up like, because I've got PMS. And, and we're going to have like, to edit all the shit. I'll burn the gaff down. Yeah, no, Listen, I'm not going to it. making me do a lot. Well, actually, make Colin do a lot of work. Poor Colin. Uh, Colin, at seven minutes and 26 seconds, <laughs> you need to go back and delete, cut it all out. Delete some shit. Delete some shit. Um, but yeah, no, it was, a, it was an all right week. I mean, we're at the end. And this week we have Friday night dinner. And we do. We do Friday night takeaway. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. Hopefully. And um we're going to try promote this podcast. We don't know how to do that. If anyone has any ideas on how to promote, like we literally the two of us keep texting each other going, how do we promote this? And then one of us will go, I don't know. And then we just stop talking about it. 
Because yeah. we don't know how well, to I'm do it. I'm shocked that, like, as you said at the beginning, I'm shocked that we made the fucking thing. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, that, we've uh, had a lot of ideas. Yeah, we're constantly like, let's do it, let's do it. And then we never do anything. So we this were going to like, start a vintage store for a while. We were. When I was... say we, I was going to drive them to France. <laughs> she was going to buy some shit. A shit ton of vintage stuff. And then, then we were going to, I was going to give her some money. Go, go there you go. <laughs> and I was going to, like, give her some money to get the shit. <laughs> we were going to come back from France. She was going to hawk it all. <laughs> And that was pretty much that was our vintage store plan. That was our vintage. What, what did you What did you want to call it? Oh, I can't remember now. It was something cute though. Murder most vintage. Murder most vintage, which will be our next <laughs> podcast about vintage sellers who have been murdered. It's very niche, Imagine. very niche uh, thing. But yeah, no. Yeah. So anyway, Emma's going to do her story this week, so I've got to do fucking nothing. She's going to drink her tea. It's great, and I actually don't know anything about her yeah, story. Yeah, I haven't told her anything, so she, any of these reactions will be real and not Sarah acting. <laughs> Le gasp. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> Excuse if I me. say oh my gosh, or if I don't swear a curse, then you know I've like pre-prepared. <laughs> um, just to disclaimer on this one, there is, it's quite violent, uh, sexually violent, and um, are we going to get into some gory detail yeah well like I don't go too gory because I don't want to do that because I don't think he deserves that to be honest with you but there is uh, there's a, quite a bit of sexual violence in this so if it's not your thing skip to the end for Colin's song <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy it um, so yeah I am going to do my stories about the disappearance and murder of Patricia McGauley and Mary Cummins and the man who murdered them whose name is Michael Bambrick I spelled his name Mykick my kick Is there like a famous person called Bambrick? I have no idea. Like a... That name just sounds really familiar. Bambrick, Bambrick, Bambrick. I think there's someone in England called Bambrick. It's a very, it's an English name like. So okay. it could be. Um, and I got all my information from the Irish Independent, the Irish Times. Uh, Men's Ray pod- Podcast. It's M-E-N-S-R-E-A, which is this really good podcast I found last week when I was Googling hey, this guy. stop promoting all we the gotta podcasts. We got to promote. We got to promote. Um, they're really good. They have quite a lot of episodes and they're really good. And the lady that reads it has a very soothing lilt to her voice. The absolute opposite of us. Yeah, we're like, nah. Um, and then there's a book by Stephen Ray called Irish Killers and Murderers, which I want to get a copy of because it looks really old school 80s tacky oh, murder really? book yeah I really want to buy a copy but I couldn't find it they were all sold out on Amazon um, so that's where I got all my information from and I've, I've, I'll mention later throughout the story yeah. like specific journalists I have a question go it's not related to this at all oh, okay but I was in the shower during the week and I was thinking about questions that I could ask you during the podcast <laughs> okay is that what you think but this is seat of my pants for me I like that you're, you're right. a forward thinking well I'm trying I mean we gotta give the people what they want <laughs> what do the people want send us in an email <laughs> Please send us an email. Just be like, hi, because we've gotten zero. We've the emails we've gotten is from each other. Yeah, they're usually really rude, and they're usually Sarah calling me a stupid bitch for no reason. So <laughs> God if, you damn want, bitch. if you want to send us an email, just be like, hi. It's all you have to say. Just hey, I'm yeah. we'll be, we'll be oh, happy. Oh, we did get a really nice Instagram <coughs> comment. Oh, we did. Hi from a lady called Chris in Australia. Hi, Chris. We're gonna give you a little a little hey, shout Chris. out. Um, she sent us the sweetest Instagram. Uh, DM just saying that she really enjoyed the podcast and she's living in Australia but she's originally from Cork um, so hi and thank you it was yeah, really, no, it actually honestly, made our day it made our day I thought well I see remember I, I sent Emma a message of like a copy of like the analytics of who's listening yeah 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 and literally four word went who the fuck in Australia is listening to this podcast? And it was Chris. And then you sent a message and it was just <coughs> so nice to hear. It was. It was lovely. Excuse me. Um, what were you going to ask me? You oh, yeah. Me. So I was going to ask, 
at what point or do you remember a point you kind of asked a similar question at the very first one of these do you remember where you realized that you liked true crime information or liked reading about it or knowing about it like do you or who got you into it well like that's the thing I was saying like I think the first thing that was that book I got the name of the book and it's gone out of my head again that book that I read when I was 13 we'll put it in our insta I'll find it I'll remember that and I know actually weirdly enough I was googling it the other day and I found um John Waters not the piece of shit John Waters in Ireland John Waters the American director um a goddamn saint it's his favorite book listen he was like, what? this is, he was like, this is my favorite book. I was like, fuck off. He's obsessed with this book. What the he, fuck is it called? I can't remember. I'll get the name of it. I'll put well, it, listen, I'll put it in the What's going to happen is we're just going to edit back and it will just be me going. <laughs> the name of that, the name, the name of, of that the book. book. Um, but yeah, he said it was, it was like his favorite book, but that, but also uh, I was obsessed with Silence of the Lambs. Which we only recently rewatched. Obsessed with Silence of the Lambs, like. I was just obsessed. Like, asked my sisters. I had the my I got the box set. I would rewatch it constantly, and I was just obsessed. Were they not really Sterling. concerned about you? Oh, they absolutely were. Because at the same time, I was obsessed with the X Files, and my favorite episodes of the X Files were the non alien episodes. So yeah. like serial killers, murder, that shit. I was really into that. So I would go back and watch those episodes, um, and then like also when I was a kid, one of my biggest fears. Uh, remember what was that TV show in England that they used to do? Crime Watch. Oh, get underground, you sponge! <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified of the photo fits. Oh, the, but the I would look at the ground when they came up, but I would still watch the show yes. and be obsessed with the show. Yes. But like, as soon as they put a photo fit up, I would look at the ground. To me, that for some reason they were absolutely terrifying. Ma, I was. I never watched the like crime call or what do they call it here in Ireland? Crime line. Crime line. Yeah. Or is crime line the England one? I can't remember now. I mean, the Irish one is shit. Um, they're always like Mary had her chicken stolen on Saturday. They literally <laughs> have like a, twi- like a 25 minute section of just people shoplifting. Yeah. And they're like, they're do like, you know, and the fucking, listen. Fuck capitalism. Yeah, Let them shoplift. No, not even that. They need to upgrade their CCTV. <laughs> it just looks like a blob. This blob entered the shop at six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> do you know this person? Um, Stole a pack of Mikados and left. To be completely honest, I'm on, usually I'm like, fuck a fair play to her <laughs> stealing that scooter out of Smith's. Like, fucking. What? They have enough money. It's like, the balls on that lady was it Christmas when it happened fair fucking play to her um, but I miss what's the mystery the mystery one what's uh, one? you know the one with the like what's that fucking famous show Colin always does an impression of it oh uh we are so bad unsolved at Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, yeah, unsolved yeah. mysteries. Yeah. The photo fits in Unsolved Mysteries yeah. genuine to this Terrifying. day fucking terrifying it's you know so the way weird. they say that you can't dream a face that you haven't yes, seen yes 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 yes. i always think when i have nightmares because i do like try and recall where the yeah, face yeah, is yeah, from yeah. And i'm like it's from fucking unsolved mysteries <laughs> when i was like nine and shouldn't have been watching but isn't it, it weird though that that's what scares us not the actual pictures of like because i'll see pictures of killers and i'm like okay but if someone shows me a drawing i'm like yeah. oh no can't do this like i'm yeah. immediately i just can't like there's a there's a really famous uh picture of john wayne gacy that someone drew and it terrifies me. But the Vesalia um, murders, or the... What's his name? What's his name they call him? Fuck, I'm shit at this. Yeah, we are terrible at remembering names. Yeah, We've no, had but a long that's week. like one thing for me. When I had to do an interview this week, and the guy was like, what's like... Sarah has face blindness, and I'm yeah. actually convinced <laughs> she has face blindness. Because we will meet somebody, and then they'll walk away, and they ten minutes later, they can go back and Sarah be like, what's her name? Yeah. And we, told her n- Emma would t- we have worked with people for like long periods of yeah. time and every day I would say to Emma, 
what's their name again? <laughs> or she'll call them a name slightly similar to their name. It's the height of ignorance. <laughs> the fucking height of ignorance. Um, what the fuck is his... Anyway, his, his like, drawing they did of him yeah. is utterly terrifying. It is. Or the Unabomber. I always hate the Unabomber. Yeah, Unabomber. I hate the Unabomber one as well. Anyway, we've uh, gone completely off. Sorry, track. okay, yes. Um, <clears throat> so... <clears throat> Should I start? Yeah, go. Okay. So I think I'm pronouncing this this correctly. Patricia McGauley, yeah, I think so, was born in Dublin in September 1948. She grew up on Capel Street with her two sisters and one brother. Jesus. Two sisters and one brother on Capel Street. I bet they lived in like a one bedroom, half bedroom house. Capel half bedroom, Street. Half bedroom. Half yeah, it's up beside, um, up past, you know where the Whelan's is? Oh, fuck. Yeah, they're yeah. flats. Are they flats? flats yeah. Oh, there? this is all flat based. Yeah, the whole okay. thing is like inner city deeper so she um, was a fucking legend then she was she badass in 1976 Patricia met and married a man named John McGauley obviously uh, this is going to be a theme throughout the entire thing which is very sad their marriage was racked with abuse and alcoholism which seemed to follow Patricia for the remainder of her life and the marriage ended after two years because they were just toxic not meant to be t- was she an alcoholic or she was she was an alcoholic Aww. yeah um, in 1982 listen we're all alcoholics in Ireland <laughs> part of our deal isn't it ama- no I won't get into it but yeah in 1982 Patricia met Michael Bambrick um, they moved in together after six months which and their first daughter Adrienne which I think for 1982 is a very strange name Adrienne yeah but I bet you a tenner I bet you all of my money which is about a tenner <laughs> that because we're not getting any fucking money from this yeah that um, we're going to put up a PayPal send us so some money <laughs> We're not going to put a Patreon. We're not putting a Patreon up, and we're not doing a PayPal. We absolutely aren't. And if we start to do that, just don't listen to just us. Just cut us out of your life. Um, I'd say someone on a soap or something was that name. Probably Adrian. It's like Adrian. 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 It's fucking it's Rocky. Rocky. It's fucking Rocky. What year was Rocky? Hold on, lads. We have to Google this because I got to make sure that this is like. Because I was like, Adrian is such a Rocky. Let's see what year people are screaming at people. Nobody listens to us. Stephen. Uh, Stephen is screaming. It was nineteen fucking eighty four. came out in this time. Uh, it's me. Nineteen seventy seven. So yeah, you're right. That's yeah, no, exactly what like, it is. Gre- my husband is named after. A character in a fucking um do 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 what's that show? Do 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 Grinch Hill. Grinch Hill. Hill. Yeah. We spent I this entire ever... episode so far just being like, what's that called? <laughs> this episode's gonna be called What's, what's that, that called? called? <laughs> Whenever we does the music for Grinch Hill, I always think of Biker Grove. Oh Biker. I can't see Bike. Dick! I can't, I can't see Dick! <laughs> yeah. Fucking masterpiece. <laughs> so after two years, their marriage dissolved. They they finished. John died as well, actually, after that. Um, and in 1982, Patricia met Michael Bambrick. And they moved in together, I said, quite quickly. Adrian was born in 1984. And then, so her daughter is the same age as me, which I think is crazy. Mm. It's mad. Followed by their second daughter. How dare you? There is a year in the difference of our ages. Actually, I'm fine with being old. And their second daughter, uh, Louise, was born in 1990. Um, Patricia and Michael were both very heavy drinkers. But when Patricia had her kids, she kind of just turned her life around, turned the corner, stopped drinking, started being a really caring mother. Like, her kids were her entire life. Um, she just did everything for them. Um, so when Patricia was 43 years old, she went missing from her home. She shared Bamberg, uh, leaving their daughter was completely heartbroken. Like, she just vanished, disappeared from the house. Um, and then that's when we start talking about her partner, Michael Bambrick. So she just goes missing. She just goes missing on a Wednesday. No, sorry, uh, Thursday night she goes missing. And 
Is Michael Bambrick the father of these kids? Michael, she's married. She met Michael. She didn't marry him because she'd already been. It's mad when you read this because people are like, it's so weird now. Oh, they're married. Can't you can't get, get married. Can't get divorced. So well, they it's can't. Fucking eighties Ireland. So they can't get married again. So they're just common law, common law husband and wife. So she she met Michael after John, and they had the two kids, Adrian and Louise. She didn't have any kids with John. The prefer so she's divorced from John. She kept, didn't couldn't divorce him. She wasn't allowed oh, to yeah. divorce him. So, so she needs John. Yeah. Can't get divorced because meets this Michael. is 80s Ireland. Yeah, meets Michael, has two kids. Um, so they have Adrian and, and Louise. Um, so Michael Bambrick was born in England in September from 1952 to parents William and Edith Bambrick. They moved to Ireland when Bambrick was five years old and ended up living in the slums in Dublin. Slums wise, I don't really, they'd some, I read an article that just said slums, but I don't really. Well, did they live in Cable Street? No, this is, Cable Street was Patricia, this is about Michael Bambrick now. So they, he said they lived in the slums and it was called Kyo's. I don't know what that is. Is that like a, an It's area? probably, yeah, but uh, so if you take the Rotunda Hospital up at the back of the Ilac Centre, yeah. that would have been all tenement and slum housing. Maybe that's what they're talking about um, There would have been like, that. it's all illegal housing now, although it's funny, it's all illegal housing now, but the current administration are trying to build that shared living space in Dunn. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so you would have had in tenement houses, so you know the houses directly across from the Rotunda Hospital? Yeah. Sinn Féin's headquarters. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. They were all tenement houses. Maybe that's where they're talking about that. And you would have a room in that house for your entire family. Okay. And then you would probably in that house have like a, a sink and like access to running water. You wouldn't have a shower or a bath and you probably would have a fire, which is why most, you know, those old houses have like a fire in each room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you would have access to either a shared living space to cook or a small space within that tiny little house within that tiny little room to cook and so they, basically it's like trying to rent in Dublin now yeah essentially <laughs> um, but I my grandfather comes from what people would call the slums in, in yeah. Dublin and yeah so they all lived in these like tenement and like this is also Catholic Ireland yeah 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 so like you're you know just getting pregnant constantly you have 12,000 children yeah Fallen out of them. It's probably. I mean, I could be wrong. <clears throat> no, but it she seems like just, it is. You could have done some fucking research and found out where Kyo's was. They said Kyo's, the slums, and then it said Kyo's. Googled it. Nothing. She didn't. I did. This is six pages long. How dare you? Jesus Christ! We're gonna hear a long while. episode. Um, and so they stayed. They lived in the slums, and then they moved to where? Bali. Bali furnish. <laughs> Listen, where great things happen. <laughs> The best shit happens in Valley Firmish. <laughs> so, according to Stephen Ray in his book, Killers, Murderers in Ireland, great title, Michael was an unruly child subject to severe tempers and he one time attacked his own mother and left her badly beaten and bruised. So, okay, so he had a mental... Yeah, he was he very... He probably hit his head. He was very... He probably hit his head and then was peeing the bed. That's usually the signs of a was psychopath. Was he peeing the bed? No, I didn't say that. Oh. That's <laughs> um, usually Ted's sign. <laughs> uh, so, I've written here, Michael was a lazy sod from day one. Refusing to do anything but watch TV, and he also could not keep a job down. So his parents were like, "Get a fucking job." Jesus, he sounds wouldn't. like me. It doesn't sound like you. Oh Jesus! Did you pee the bed? No, no, neither no. did I. Um, I don't know anybody. My mother that would have fucking yeah, I would have been murdered and killed if pissed the bed. Be like sleeping in your pissy bed. Um, Michael met his first and only wife. So, so Patricia was married previously, and then Michael met his first wife when he was twenty, and her name was Marie Hayes. And once again, they were together for six months when they got married. That's common. Yeah, they had one child, a son, a year later. Um, okay, so this is where shit starts to get really weird. Um, their marriage had a lot of problems. Michael was lazy, again, refused to work, which drove Marie up the wall. 
Um, Why did she marry him? Bad choice. I don't know. Like, I think a lot of the time, wasn't it? You were kind of, I think you hit an age back then where it was like, you had to be, you just had to get married. You're like, you have to get married. I because back then. If you it's don't, the norm in these days. Well, age. I know, but it's 40 years ago. So it was a lot different. Well, over It's now. not much different. Well, like, I couldn't give a shit about not getting married. Yeah, but you're like, I know it's what, like, still well, no, some people do. I know. Um, well, like, I it's, think it's, it's just bizarre that it's the, weird, isn't it? No, but it's bizarre that these men <clears throat> get wives. I know. People stop having sex with fucking gross dudes. Please, for the well, love of God. No, no, I can't talk. I've had some sex with some really <laughs> gross dudes. But, um, but like, Jesus, don't marry them. Don't marry these men. Good Lord. Have some fucking self-respect. Um, Marie seems to also be the first person to learn of Michael's penchant for dressing and women's clothing. Side oh. note. I wrote this. I said, also, can I say that I am still unsure of whether Michael Bambrick identified as transgender? I don't know. There's... Because this happened in the 90s and when you read articles from the early 90s in newspapers about trans He's people, dirty they're trans literally vestite. saying that anybody, man that wears women's clothes is like a sexual deviant oh, and a transvestite, which is the worst word. And basically are short of calling them trannies in the, in the newspaper articles. Like, Did they not? Fucking horrible. No, they, they were like, sexual deviant. Like, listen, he is a sexual deviant, but he's not a sexual deviant because he wore women's clothing. Okay. That does not make someone a sexual deviant no. at all. Like I wear dudes clothing. All the time. You are a horrible And I draw a little moustache on my face. <laughs> I don't. But like, <laughs> I wear like, you know what I mean? It's just so easy for them to just, like, as soon as he, they heard he wore sexual, or sorry, beg your pardon, wore women's clothing, they just latched onto Jumped that. On like that one, that was their main headline. Not, not Patricia's name or Mary's name or any of the people that murdered his name. It's just like, he wore a fucking dress, who cares? Um, or if you just enjoyed, obviously, wearing women's clothing. I, I haven't read any concrete facts in this, so I've chosen to use he pronouns, but if anybody has any information or knows any better, please tell me, and I'm sorry, but I just don't know. Don't say he, just say sack of shit. Sack of shit, Bambrick. Okay. Um, so Marie walked in on Michael one evening dressed fully in women's clothing. Marie asked him to stop. He said he would, and they decided to continue being married. That's kind of like the first instance oh. of somebody knowing about him doing that. And is he like okay? So up until this point, I know he hasn't done anything. No, he's heinous. just he's just a fucking layabout and like a little shit. But then he did beat the shit out of his own man. So there is there's something wrong. This is the thing. There's like there's red flags, but nobody's getting him any help because it's the early eighties and okay. people are like, oh, he's just being a ch- lad. And like no, there's violence there. There's rep- something's repressed. And it's coming out in anger okay. in other ways. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, don't feel too bad for him because this gets bad. So according to the Men's Ray podcast, which is awesome, Marie told a story of one night waking up to find Michael standing over her once again in dressed in women's clothing. He then stuffed a pair of tights in her mouth, gagging her. Marie blacked out. And when she woke up, he raped her. Aww. So this dude is not a good person. Jesus. He's just not a good person and like I can't imagine what that poor woman went through like this is it's horrific like your husband like not And what year is this? This is 1980 oh bear with me one second when did they get married? Uh he said 1978. Marital rape yep. is still legal. Yeah. So, so that, she can't, she go can't to even press any charges. She, she can't, can't do, do anything. Because it's legal in Ireland yeah. to rape your wife. Um, so their marriage ended after this, obviously. A fair play to where she left him, with Marie leaving him and taking their son. Um, this seemed to be the start of Michael's fledgling obsession, and it was an obsession with non-consensual sexual control over women. Um, after Marie and him broke up, uh, Michael moved back to his parents' house, remaining there until his parents' death in the early 80s and the subsequent sale of their house. There is no evidence during that time that he committed any crimes. 
there's nothing about him doing anything wrong. Well, these dudes don't stop. But... They don't stop, but like there seems to have been like a break in what happened with her. It was almost like he did this, and then he was like, "Fuck, what am I doing?" And then it kind of stopped. But like people like that, though, they don't stop. It's psychopathy. They don't stop. No. So there was just kind of like a break in between. But then, um, in 1982, Michael moved to Saint Teresa's in Dublin Eight. Oh like yeah, that's yep. Yeah. Um, it was there in 1991, so like nine years later, that he met Patricia McGauley. Um, and the two of them decided they moved out of the flats and they moved to Clondalkin. Um, they had an incredibly tumultuous relationship with neighbours saying that they would hear screaming arguments coming from the flat McGauley and Bambrick shared with, their, shared with their two daughters. Bambrick was still unable to keep a job. And then because of that, he turned to petty crime. So this is kind of where things start to pick up. Okay. Um, according to the T- Irish Times, he ran up six convictions for burglary and larceny. And one of these was for stealing women's underwear. Yeah, no, that's not petty crime. That's like a telltale sign that this is going to become something Something's else. Something's bad, like, yeah. So he's already done that to his first wife. Yep, he's done that to his first wife. And, and he's met obviously Patricia. being incredibly aggressive and violent towards Patricia. Yep. And now he, he's just actually checking his boundaries. That's it, literally. He's pushing. He's, he's just pushing, pushing to see, see how, how far he can get, get away with. And he definitely 100% still has, like, fantasies oh, yeah, of doing like, it's, what he's... There's, it's there. It's just, it's untapped, you know, that way. Um, so on Wednesday the 11th of September 1991 Patricia's mother Julia became concerned as Patricia did not turn up to collect their children who had spent the evening with her after Michael and Patricia had spent a night out together so Michael and Patricia were like we're going out will you look after the kids Julia was like no other the next day Patricia Patricia doesn't turn up Michael turns up and he never turns up so she kind of was like that's weird and she was like where's Patricia and he was like I don't know so she was, he was like, we had an argument and she's gone like somewhere. She's gone to her friends or something. Oh. So her mother was like, okay. So then that was on the Wednesday and the Sunday she still hadn't returned. So obviously her mother was freaking out. Hmm. So on Sunday the 15th of September, Michael presented himself at Bridewell Garda Station. He advised that Patricia had not arrived home since Wednesday after they had an argument and she left. He told Gardy he wasn't concerned as he presumed she had stayed the night in a friend's house after their row. So he basically said... She went to her mate's house. We had a fight. She hasn't come home. And nobody went. But you have two children. And she loves her children. And she's never done this before. She's never done this before. And you have six counts of petty larceny. So this, and you've been stealing women's underwear. Um, and that, and like, that was what six... the fuck? Ding, ding, ding. Alarm yeah. bells. Like, yeah. And this is worth the fucking Gardy. Jesus Christ. Gardy began investigating Patricia as a missing person. They learned of the couple's uh, aggressive arguing. With one neighbour stating they'd heard a massive row the night Patricia went missing. Um, in, but this time, so... When Patricia went missing, he went to the guardie. Um, both of their daughters were taken into care. So the guards took Are taken t- took Adrian. Adrian is the oldest girl. Adrian. They took Adrian. They took Adrian into care, and then the youngest girl Louise went to stay with her aunt. So Aww. the guards obviously thought he wasn't capable of looking after his daughters, and probably the back of their heads were like, "He's definitely done something, but we can't get him." So they took the kids off him. Um, so with no evidence, no sign of Patricia, the case ground to a halt. They just stopped investigating it. That was it. That's it. That's it. They stopped investigating it. Okay. So that was that. He was still living in his house. Uh, his youngest daughter stayed with their aunt and then Adrienne went back to him. So the state gave so Adrienne, Adrienne went back to her the dad. oldest girl went back to her dad. Right. So now we're going to talk about Mary Cummins, who's the second victim in this case. Um, Mary Cummins, Cummins was a 39 year old single mother to her daughter, Samantha, and they lived in the Liberties in St. Nicholas. Do you know what that is? Well, the Liberties are in town. What's St. Nicholas? That must That's be like a little... That's the back of Mead Street. Oh, okay. The back of Mead Street. Um, so on July 23rd, 1992, the day she went missing. So the day she went missing. Um, and only months after Patricia's disappearance, she went for a drink in her local pub. 
Which pole? Didn't say. Oh, God. Didn't ask. Pet oh. my auntie was in it. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst there, she shared a drink with Michael Bambrick. While their daughters Samantha and Adrian played outside together. So their kids played outside together. Outside the pub. Outside the pub. Great parents. Which is just like the most Irish 90s thing I've ever heard in my oh, life. Yeah. Which was like, here's a pound. Go buy a fucking comic. Have a bag of crisps. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, pound. We're all going to smoke 10,000 John Major in this pub while you sit here and your tiny lungs inhale this yes. smoke. And we don't care yeah. because nobody has told us that it's wrong because yeah. the internet doesn't exist. And then you'd have like other people who would spend all day in the pub. Yeah. Right? Known alcoholics. Be like... See those dreadful parents over there. <laughs> the kids to be all over the place. They'd be running them. One of those kids fall, get glass in the face. Get glass in the face. That was not like my one thing. I have, my parents never brought us to the pub. Yeah. Because my dad is a musician, so he never wanted to spend time in the pub. In the pub yeah, yeah. And the only time we ever went to the pub was to see my dad play. It's actually one place as a kid we never ended up. But um, I know. That was part of like my husband's Sunday. He would be made go to the pub with dad. Yeah, we only ever went to the pub when it was like a confirmation or a christening or like. Uh, That's why you say christening. Christening is that not what it's? Is that what it is? Christening. Christening. You say christening. Do I? Yeah, you don't when you're not thinking about. I it, just you say, say it. Christening. Ah, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, that was the only time we ever went to like the pub. So they, these two kids are outside the pub. They're outside having a great time playing. I mean, if they're, they're up on Mead Street for a pound. The amount of shit you could buy. Well, the bazaar was there. You could get like having the time of their life. You could get knockoff toys. So you know what I mean? Like you see them like now nowadays they're like usually from like but they're still back then they were from China. Yeah. But usually they're like uh, B man rather than he man. Oh, I love it. Like in the bazaar there would be like brown like boxes of just like knockoff (laughs) shitty versions (laughs) of like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, they'd be called the Mighty Zeppelin Power Power. Power guards. <laughs> it wouldn't be called the Power Rangers. Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah. Rats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or if you get, remember the biker, biker. Biker mice from Mars. Yeah, they'd be like, rats on bikes. <laughs> I would like four rats on bikes, please. <laughs> um, where was it? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, okay. So according to the Irish Times, Bambrook and Cummins never met before. They never had any previous contact. So this was the first time they're meeting in the pub, having the chats. He was desperately unattractive, so I don't know what she was doing. Um, Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. So men's very podcast. Get dead, dick. <laughs> Not his penis. Get better, dick. Stay away from penises altogether. Men's very podcast talked about how tragic Mary's uh, upbringing was. Mary's mother was was absent, so her mother kind of just fled when she was a kid, and her father was an alcoholic who beat her and her sister. This was horrible. When Mary was fifteen, her sister died from cancer. Oh my gosh. Her sister was like 16. She was like an Irish twin. And a few years later, her father passed away from cancer as well, leaving Mary alone. Sorry, I just... If anyone's listening to this who's not from Ireland... Oh, yeah. Irish twin means that you essentially have a kid nine months apart. That's what you call an Irish twin. Because you just want your vagina to be destroyed forever. Yeah, it's not because you want your vagina to be... It's because... It is. uh, Misogyny and of men it's because men yeah it's a cousin that's what it is it's not no women woman after giving birth like oh, three days later goes do you know what I, I can't wait for have another baby like yeah no not that I just want they can't they don't go do you know what I can't wait for whilst these stitches are in me <laughs> oh, could God. you could we have said no one has said that but because of like Ugh. habitual misogyny yep. and rape in Ireland yep. there are tons of Irish like it's amazing when people talk about like people joke about um, Irish women uh, back in the day having 12 babies and one after the other and everyone's like oh they are the Catholics marital rape 
was a thing and it was happening. These women were literally seen as like cows that you implanted something into. Well, I also think there was this, you were taught that it was like your duty as a wife to allow that to happen. Like I I remember I was friends with a girl in school and I remember... I don't think there were like, I don't think there was like, well listen, there's a history of absolute violent rape in terms of the church and the state. But there wasn't, there isn't like a mass history of violent rape of like wives. There is just this, it was my duty. So I just went up and did it. And even though I didn't want exactly, to. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. On a Sunday, he comes home and that's what that's we do. That's what you do. But I, I was friends with a girl in school and I remember her mum telling me that, so her her mother, her, my friend's grandmother, um, the priest coming to her house because she only had one baby. And telling her she and wasn't like, enough. And she was like, had to have more babies. Fucking when I tell Christ. you, I would have caught him in the fucking door. <laughs> When I tell you, I would. At least wouldn't knock on your door. I would knock on my door because I tell you. Anyway, back to this. Um, so yeah, uh, da, da 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 Okay, Bambrick and Mary moved. So that night they moved to various pubs around town. They ended up in Tampa Bar. Oh jeez. Tampa Bar, and Mary's friends decided to take Samantha back to their house and keep her for the night, so Mary could obviously get her home, which is what was happening there. So they were like, "Who took Bambrick's kid?" Bambrick's kid with Adrian was at home asleep oh. in bed like so Mary was like I'll take um, or the, Mary's friends were like I'll take your Samantha Samantha and Adrian and you go and went back up you the go best and time of your life have some, have some dirty that, pig. that fucking knacker um, Mary's so what happened is the reason the alarm was raised is that they took Adrian home and then Mary didn't turn up the no, next day no took Samantha home no Samantha is Michael's child oh, oh no yeah. yeah sorry Samantha is Mary's child so they took Samantha home and Mary didn't come and get her the next morning Aww. she just didn't turn up so they were like right this is not her she doesn't do this um, Mary's friends went to the guardie who immediately went to speak to Bambrick because they were like this is the man that she was with so they went to speak to him he stated himself and Mary parted ways at the end of the evening and he returned home by himself fucking lies lies um, lies you tell and the guards were like alright sound two women have gone missing you're the common denominator we're just going to sit around and scratch our holes for the next five years. Five fucking years! And pretend none of this has happened because we can't do any... Like, they were like, there was no evidence. Find evidence. This man, the two women in the space of six months went missing around this man. One, his common-law wife and another woman he went out and had a drink with that night. Both went missing. Did he drive? I've no idea. <laughs> because... <laughs> Sounds like you're checking him out. Does he have a car? <laughs> he sounds like an option. Sounds like a catch. Oh yes. Um, no, because like I was thinking. driving them somewhere to kill them no he's bringing them back to this is Frank wait wait Teddy you're okay, not all right, okay. wait wait <laughs> uh, so what did he look like once again, so once again Bambrick just he said no she went home I went home and they were like alright see you bye and he walked away scot free so it's very important to note that the 90s in Ireland were a decade of missing women it seemed to be somewhat of an epidemic with new names being added to an ongoing list of women seemingly vanishing without a trace and I went through uh like a breakdown of women missing and like there was one a week like from 1990 to like 1994 what at least one a week and we women did nothing just about it vanishing no um well, so we're yeah. going to do something about we it are, we're this find them all salutes.com <laughs> send us an email please send us an email at this time <laughs> this is 
some funny weave stuff. <laughs> Deep breaths. Okay. At this time, Bambrick now returned to St. Teresa's Garden with a new girlfriend. What? And her name was Stella Mooney. Yeah, he got another woman. Stella! Stella. Yeah, Stella had no self-respect, clearly. Or so Stella I don't know what these women... Stella Mooney. Stella Mooney, which honestly is a great name. It is a great name. But Stella's just to... To Stella's fine. Nothing happens to Stella. Where's She's Stella okay. From? She's from town as well. She's from like the inner city of Dublin. She's from the, the flats. The flats. Um, I fucking love the flats. It's the best place to go. I didn't tell you about the flats. No, I know you didn't. Oh, good. I'm just saying. I'm I love the there. flats and everybody in the flats. You're all salt of the earth, dubs. Yeah. No, not saying a bad thing. word about flats. Uh, you should all go to uh, Mead Street. It's the best time. And if when you're there, talk like you're from Mead Street. <laughs> and you'll be fine. Um, no, not because you'll be fine. Just because it's the most fun. They interact with you funny. <laughs> um, go to St. Catherine's Bakery. Get yourself mm. a fucking deep fried donut with Unreal. apple fritters Unreal. inside it. And then they put cream on top and jam. And they do a beautiful brownie as well. They do beautiful everything. Beautiful brownies bakery. in there. But when you go in, you have to go, how are you, love? Jesus Christ, give us six of those. How much for those? There were only two fifty the last time I was here. <laughs> And then they say, here, it's all right, love, we're not 50 cent off. And then you, I go there and my husband thinks it's the best. He thinks it's the most fun. So you turn into like the most inner city person I that there turn, is. I become my ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he meets Stella Mooney. He meets Stella Mooney. So, so basically he goes back. He's These two women have gone missing. He's the common denominator. He meets another lady. I know he must have some game or something. Like I don't understand how he's getting these women. Like I don't, I don't, under, anyway. Um, the Guardian had obviously long suspected Bambrick to be responsible for Trisha's disappearance. But have done nothing about it. Nothing, and subsequently Mary's. Okay, so it wasn't until 1994 when the Guardian, according to the Irish Times. Five years. Yep. Began surveying all the cases of missing women, Irish women in Dublin. Brilliant. This was done during the investigation into the disappearance of American Annie McCarrick in 1993. Oh, because it meant so an American woman, yep, be. an American woman went missing in 1993 and then it was all hands on fucking deck. Okay. Fuck the flats. Fuck the poor people. Fuck. They can go missing. That's basically, and I could be wrong, but I feel like from reading, that was what the mentality was. Because when this girl went missing, God love her, Annie McCarrick, all of a sudden the guards were like, right. And does Annie McCarrick unit. have money? Probably. I didn't really read anything into her. I should. We should she's do Annie McCarrick. in States, yeah. Um, so the Guardi were said they were ultimately trying to figure out if there was a serial killer in Ireland because they thought all these women going missing. Five years later. Anyway, it was like a serial killer. So Brilliant. yeah, they just ignored it until the American, this American girl went missing. Um, so as I said er- earlier, Bambrick was the common denominator, sorry, in both Patricia and Mary's disappearance and the Guardi were finally like, let's look into this then. Okay. Um... So this is just like a little piece that I wrote because I found it really, really interesting. So there's an article in the Irish Times from 1996 where they conducted interviews with Bambrick's neighbours. Um, so this would have been the neighbours in St. Teresa's. St. Teresa's. Yeah. So the residents themselves knew that Bambrick was the man linked to two women who had disappeared. Obviously they knew, like, it's the flats. Everybody knows everything. Yeah, but that means the guards knew him. They, they actually, so they actually believed that the guardy had helped Bambrick get this flat in St. Teresa's in order to keep an eye on him. So they were like, they think he put, they put, he put, they put him, like they helped him get this flat in St. Teresa's. So they could be like, we know where he is. So they could keep it. So they put him this in. Is, this is what the neighbours, is allegedly, I don't know. This is what the neighbours okay, so have the, said. They feel that way. They feel that way. This was 1995 and Bambrick had already been questioned by the Gardaí twice and released without arrest both times. So the neighbours in the, in the St. Teresa's allowed their children to play with Bambrick and his girlfriend Stella's children. So Stella had two kids and Bambrick had two kids. Um, and at this point Louise had been given back to him as well oh great after this anyway however they described him as a weirdo they also mentioned he would steal children's clothes and young girls bras from the washing lines 
um, one, one woman saying, not tonight, Josephine, we would shout at him. He would just grunt and go on his way. So they would be so like... So they were like... They were like, not tonight, Josephine. And then he would just be like, hmm, and walk off. Because they, they, they didn't have a lot of money, Sarah. So these women were buying clothes for their kids, putting them in the washing lines, and he was going around stealing children's clothes on their bras. And they were Jesus. like, fuck off. So they like, No, they weren't saying fuck off with that. They were like, hey, you, <laughs> Josephine, get the fuck up. How bleeding dare you? I was only down to fucking pennies today. They're brand new. St. Teresa's so, is near the Ivy Gardens. Yeah, I know where it is. I know. I used to, because I used to live, when I lived in Cork Street, I would walk around that way sometimes. Oh, fuck the street. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I cannot seem to find any other information on this specific thing. But allegedly... There were allegations against Bambrick that he had sexually assaulted or what did they say interfered with two local girls, two young lo- local girls. Well, definitely. Yeah, like this. This is what said allegedly. The, the neighbors then picketed his flat, and Bambrick and Stella left. They fled because the neighbors were like, "Get the fuck out!" Because they heard that he had and done Stella this. stayed with him. Stella stayed with him. Stella, wherever you are. Stella, get your shit together. Come on. In April 1995, the Gardaí intensified their investigation. They spoke to his daughter Adrienne. They spoke to her. Are people from the flats amazing? They got that motherfucker. They got him out. And the guards were like, the guards were like, we, we know can't, we did it. The guards, we can't do fucking shit. They were about like, it. the guards put him in here and we're going to get him out. Basically, what happened? Like, um, up the flats. Up yeah, the flats. They spoke to Adrian, Bambrick's eldest daughter, and to his partner, Stella. So at this point now, in April, Stella had broken up with him because she was obviously like, this guy's a fucking lunatic. So the guards were like, right, we're going to go to her because she'll definitely speak now that they're broken up. Okay. Um, Stella had entered their relationship and her statement seems to kind of be what led to Bambrick's arrest. Stella stated that Bambrick had enjoyed tying her up with tights and engaging in, quote, unusual sexual practices. She also said that Bambrick had admitted to her that he had murdered a woman in Clondalkin, but he didn't want to talk about or remember it as it was, quote, too disgusting. So she said this, and obviously the guards are like, right, well, she said this, but it's he, sh- he said, she said, so they can't necessarily say, well, she said this, so it's definitely true. So on June 24th, during an inter- interrogation with the guardie, the guardie basically said, listen, Stella said this, your daughter Adrienne was like, mom would never leave us. She loves us so much. We don't know where she's gone, but my mum would never ever run away from us. Bambic broke, he broke down and he finally admitted to killing both Patricia McGauley and Mary Cummins. So he just openly admitted to it. He kind of, because they basically said, because I think when they told him what Stella said, that they thought he was going to go, well, she's a bitch, blah, blah, blah. But he almost seemed to just like go, yeah, um, Well, it. probably the relief of yeah. it. Bambrick stated that he and Patricia had, so this is what happened to Patricia McGauley. Bambrick stated that he and Patricia had an argument on the night of her murder. He also said that later that evening they had sex. During this, Bambrick admitted to tying Patricia's hands behind her back, stuffing tights in her mouth, which he then tied around her head. He then said he heard her gasping for air and he did not try to help her. Bambrick watched her die. Jesus. That a piece of shit. He then placed Patricia's lifeless body in their box room. Now, luckily enough, Adrienne and Louise weren't there. They were in Julia's, Patricia's mother's house, remember I said? Yeah. He later dismembered her body, put it into plastic bags and disposed of it in a nearby dump. And he put it in a fucking wheelbarrow and wheeled it to the dump. To the dump? Wheeled her body to the dump. I remember you were saying, did he have a car? He didn't have a car. He wheeled her body to, to the dump. Yeah. How was it? But did the guards not go? Like there would have no been blood saw, yeah, in no the one, house. Apparently no one saw. No one. Did anyone go to the no house? No forensic investigation was done. Done. He, they, the guards just took this guy's word. Yeah, he was like, his... I didn't do it. And they were like, all right, bye. Okay. Yep. I can't wait to kill somebody um, <laughs> just... cut it out Colin <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so then he obviously went on and told them how he had killed Mary Cummins in the same fashion. When they were when Mary and him returned to Bambrick's house, they began kissing and he tied her hands behind her back with a belt. And as with his first wife and Patricia, he stuffed tights in her mouth and suffocated her. So this is his MO. This is what he does. Bambrick stated that Mary had tried to push him off and asked him to stop. Bambrick said, quote, I just knew at the time I couldn't stop. I don't know what came over me. He then dismembered her body with a hacksaw and a paper knife. Jesus. And buried her in a field in Balgadi, once again, in the wheelbarrow. How did... He was in Teresa's garden? Yes. So How he, did he get to Balgadi from... No idea. So nobody went, is there a man walking down the road with a wheelbarrow with loads of blood in it? Now here's... But there wouldn't be any blood in it. Um, listen, I've seen some shit. I know, but like, twice. He did it twice, but two times. But he buried her in Balgadi. Balgadi, yeah. He, he apparently went to Balgadi, buried in Balgadi. Balgadi is not close. No. And that's the thing as well. He said he wanted to go as far away as possible from the house that he could. Yeah, so. So, uh, yeah. So, Bamber told the guardie that he was finally relieved. Oh, fuck you, dude. To admit to what he'd done. He also said that when he tied women up, he, quote, knew he could do what I wanted to do to them. So, he basically was like, I can, when I tie them up, they're completely helpless and I can do whatever I yeah. want. Yeah. So, the court case. I said, just an FYI, this course case is horseshit and the Irish judicial system should be fucking ashamed of themselves. I have PMS. So this, there's a lot of stuff in this that I'm not saying because I was really uh, angry like when I was reading it last, last night. Last week I told a story about some evidence being handed out the window <laughs> of the courtroom of our highest court in the land. It's just like... The forecourt. It's insane. Um, so our, like, and the judicial system is no better. No. Like, it, it hasn't gotten any better. No, it really clearly has. And like, in May 1995, Michael Bambrick was brought before, brought before Justice Paul Carney. And in July of the same year, he was sentenced to 15 years, 15 years penal servitude. Bambrick pleaded not guilty to Mary and Patricia's murders, but instead put in a plea of manslaughter. And this was accepted by the court. What? He, but he said openly that he knew. He did it. And that not she was that, gasping. Yeah, and he knew he wanted to do it. So he tied two women up, gagged them, suffocated them, chopped up their bodies, put them in a wheelbarrow and threw them in a dump. Threw one of them in a dump. Threw one of them buried, and the other one, one in Balgadi. And went to court and was like, uh, I didn't mean to do it. And the court was like, all right. He, like, he got accepted for manslaughter. The court accepted it. So, from the Irish Independent, Justice Paul Carney handed down the longest term he could in the case of double manslaughter. But Why didn't the justice say, no, actually, I'm not accepting your plea? You're because what happened was, he had come with the plea for murder. And then he changed it to manslaughter. And they thought, right, we're not going to get him on murder. Because, it, because the way they were looking at it was that he almost seemed helpless, like he couldn't help himself. This is how they were looking at this. What? This is what I'm talking about when I say the inherent misogyny that exists in Ireland, where it's like, this guy was basically like, oh, I couldn't help it, and I needed sex, and this is my sexual release. And they were like, no, he's a man, so we'll just take manslaughter. Honest to God. Like, and I was reading this, and nobody was saying this openly, but I was like, that's what's happening here. That is absolutely what's happening here. It was like he couldn't help his urges. So essentially he said manslaughter and the judge's reasoning for accepting that was because he can't, he can't control yep. his urge and he didn't It was a murder. Yeah, it wasn't premeditated. It was like it happened, they died and he was like, I have to cut them up. But in his um, confession, he said, I heard her gasping. Yep. It's and murder. I knew I just could. Yep. That's murder. And then he went back and was like, oh, I didn't know it was. I didn't mean to. I have a penis. So. 
baby. I'm a baby. Uh, so, yeah, he handed down the longest term he could in case of double manslaughter, but stated that he was deeply concerned for Bambrick's, quote, propensity to reoffend, seeing as both women were murdered in the same manner, but the manslaughter charge stuck. So he so got... So did, like, 15 years, but didn't do 15 oh, years. Bambrick was sent to Arbor Hill Prison to serve his 15 oh, years, with the prison stating he was a model prisoner. Oh, yeah, they always are. Model piece of yeah. fucking shit. But do you know why they're a model prisoner in Arbor why? Hill? Because they're surrounded by people like yep. them. Uh, so that was funny Flavio the other night was like you're not going to call him a piece of shit are he you? he is a piece of shit Flavio he's a piece of shit Flavio piece of shit um, Bambrick served 13 of the 15 years of his sentence and on April 24th t- 2009 he walked free from Arbuckle Prison now how many years? Uh, he served 13 of the 15 years so he got out two years they said he was a model prisoner that he was like really helpful didn't do anything wrong but also he got no rehabilitation rehabilitation Since therapy he didn't get any therapy nothing he went in there as a sex offender because he is a sex offender and a rapist and a murderer they did nothing for him and let him out in 13 years after he murdered sexually assaulted two women raped his first wife chopped up their bodies and threw them in a fucking dump and he walked free after 13 years and for people I understand like everybody's like that's not how the judicial system works the man was not rehabilitated and the reason that I know he's not rehabilitated is because those trash rags the Daily Mirror and the Star and the Sun or whatever I'm not going to say where he is but they found him and they know where he is Mm. and he's still doing weird shit Oh really? But he's 68 What now. kind of word? Like I want to say because it's really trashy and I don't know if I believe these things and I just read there was an article that I read and I was like this is so unnecessary and once again it's the salaciousness of oh he dressed in women's clothing. You know clothing. like it's the salaciousness of him yeah, yeah, having yeah. a propensity to wear women's clothing not to fucking not, rape not and to murder. Not to rape and murder. They seem to be just like glossing over that part and talking about what he's doing but they're not like What's he doing? I want to know. No I, I can't. Need to know. I don't know but like he's six this is what I was saying he's 68 years old what's he going to do? What do you mean? Viagra exists. No. He can still do shit. In the sense of that, like, people were like, well, he's out now and he's not going to do anything. I'm like, yeah, I can assure you 100% as I'm sitting here, he is a serial killer and he was stopped before he could continue. And when he got out, he was too old to continue it. Like, Mm -hmm. you kill two women in the exact same manner. Yeah. That's a pattern. Yeah. He didn't shoot the first woman, stab the second woman. He had... It set out how he wanted to do with them. He wanted them to be powerless. He wanted to watch them suffocate and die. Yeah. And then he wanted to... Dis- why did he dismember both? He wanted to do that. So it's almost this thing where people were like, oh, you know, it, like, people were like, he's not a serial killer. I was like, he is absolutely a serial killer. He just got stopped. He got stopped. In his tracks. So you were like, there's no serial killer in Ireland. I'm like, this motherfucker was a serial killer. Because his pattern is so specific. It's so specific. Like, well, it's like... Serial killer 101 is you are sexually gratified by removing the power from your victim and you hold all the power and then you're sexually fulfilled by removing that power by killing them. Yeah, and even he said, he was like, I just, when I knew I started, I couldn't couldn't stop stop and I wanted to have the control over them. So it just, it's so terrifying to think that if he had been let out and he was like, he's 68 now, he ain't going to do shit. He's not, he's a 68 year old frail man. Like I saw a picture of him. He weighs about a book fifty, and like he's not. I know, but there's still like if he's living in areas where there's like. Oh no, no! I'm not saying that he should he should be out. I'm just saying that's why people are saying he's definitely not a serial killer. I'm like he he can't, he can't do anything. Well, he can't, but also he like you know yeah okay he doesn't have the power or the ability now no. to take that from somebody, but he has the power and ability to like do interact other shit. And if he wasn't rehabilitated in any way, not at all. 
No rehabilitation. Um, like no psychiatrists, no psychologists, nothing. Does there. he have to like? Is he? Does he have to check in? I have no idea. I didn't. I didn't. I don't. See I wouldn't say so if he. Um, did his time that's it out. they're like he was like a model prison I hate when I read that shit. like listen for some people I do read that because there's people in prison for crimes that they should not be in prison for like it's fucked uh, like people yeah, in prison for the dumbest shit like, about you know a fucking this isn't a pod- podcast about petty crime and it's not a podcast about someone not paying their television license yeah so it's no, a, I don't like, think anyone in the history of the state has gone to prison for not paying their TV license there a woman in my Ten went to prison for not paying her TV license. For how long? For like two months. Two months. And there was murder. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was pushing like she had like three kids. A responsible man, not because I do. <laughs> Colin panics in it when he's here. He's like, "Pay TV license." I'm like, "We don't even watch TV." But um, yeah. The TV license man knocked on my door once. But that's when you didn't have a TV, right? And I didn't have a TV. Poxy bitch. Yeah, and I said, "Come on in now." And I just got out of hospital after having surgery and I looked like a raving lunatic. He caught me off guard which is I suppose that's his job. <laughs> like, um, but, that's what um, they do. Yeah, and um, I opened the door and I was like, uh, hello? And he was like, hi, it's the TV license man. And I was like, come on in. Because <laughs> our TV license coincidentally broke two weeks ago. Or not our TV license, our TV broke two weeks ago and it's off in the repair shop. So I don't have a TV. <laughs> So it's just like a big space on your TV stand. And I was like, we don't have a TV. And he was like, oh, do you have a laptop? And I was like, that law hasn't been introduced yet. Leave, sir. Would you like a cup of tea? Leave through the front door. I didn't. I said, would you like a cup of tea? And he said, uh, no, you look like you're dealing with a lot. <laughs> Looks like a lot going on. I looked like, honestly, I looked like shit. I just had surgery. I fucking looked horrific. But um, um, yeah, that's the story of two poor murdered women and their scumbag who murdered them and how mm. to be perfectly honest he had 13 years in a prison and probably fucking sailed through it hanging around with his gross buddies yeah, it's very you know, sad I mean, but not a whole lot has changed good job Thanks. did a good job on your six page dossier Thanks. this is a six page dossier um, I was very angry when I was writing it last night I was like this girl, is disgraceful you're this always is just very terrible angry. awful and these poor people that's why we're good friends because you're really angry and I'm really mellow we're also really good friends because we're both lazy sacks of shit speak for yourself we are lazy sacks of shit I'm a very active human being no you're not mm, this is true I drove over here I, just, <laughs> I live three minutes away <laughs> I yeah okay <laughs> I've not to add sorry this is the PMS podcast um, thanks for listening yes to our shitty podcast we have lots of fun making this every week we do we really do yeah this and is the honestly, best I can't believe how many of you are listening to it yeah us. it's crazy I don't know if that says more about actually there's a lot of internalised problems here I'm going to take them <laughs> offline that says a lot about the fact that we don't really have any belief in ourselves. <laughs> no, but honestly, thank you so much for um, for listening and for your nice comments on Instagram and Fuck, stuff. I have to find one to do now for next week. Should I... You'll find one. Should I be grand? Think? You will. You'll find one. Yeah. Just Google. Just there's tons of them. Google is free. Yeah. And all of those women that went missing in the nineties. Yeah. Just like loads of women going missing. So but you know what else was happening when those women were going missing? What? We were in the World Cup. What's the song? What a tune. What a tune. Bye-bye. Bye. We're doing a podcast. We love murder. And we hate men. Gonna put them under pressure. Ooh, ah, ooh. 
Ah, feminism is about being aggressive, being effective, hating the men, telling the people how much we hate men. We're gonna put them under pressure. Oh, hey.